listening to the Central Station Podcast, where we bring you true stories of what life in the outback is really like and why many wouldn't live anywhere else. So pull up a stump, pop the billy on or crack a cold one as we talk to the men and women who call some of the most remote parts of Australia home. Hi, my name is Steph Coombs, and this is my story. Not better, not worse, just different. They say comparison is a thief of joy. Nothing good comes from comparing your life to others. Even when you find a situation where you come out on top, you'll inevitably be able to find another one where you come in second best. And even though I'm here writing this, well, reading this out for a podcast now, sounding super wise, comparing myself to others is something I continue to struggle with. You've got life and age status, you know, by age X, I should be doing Y and I should have Z, particularly Z in the bank. Then there's physical fitness, finances, job title, social media following, you name it and you can compare it. But this is Central Station. So rather than talk about the daily frustrations of seeing ridiculously attractive Instagram girls pop up in my newsfeed uninvited, or now that this is 2020, ridiculously hot girls pop up in my TikTok feed. Anyway, I want to talk about how comparison can affect our experiences in the northern beef industry. I'm a born and bred city girl. When I did my first stint on a station, I had none of the basic skills that you're expected to have. I'm not kidding, guys. I'd never even driven a manual car. So you can imagine how I felt when we had to unload all of the mustering buggies off the back of this truck and I was asked to take one over to the workshop. Awkward. I'd never worked cattle, never done a pre-start check on a vehicle, driven any sort of machinery. I mean, does a quad bike at the stables count? Because I'd done that, you know, from the stables to the back paddock. Thought I was so cool. I'd never even used a two-way radio. I was on the back foot in every situation, even figuring out how to tie off the wire after fixing a fence without it looking like a hot mess. I'll let you in on a secret. It's like 12 years later. I mean, I can fence a little bit prettier now, but Gosh, depending on what gauge it is, still kind of comes out like a hot mess. I'll never forget a conversation I had towards the end of muster with one of the owners. I'd mentioned that I'd had such a good time that maybe I'd like to be a station manager one day. The response was that that was pretty unlikely to ever occur because I had no skills. I couldn't even weld. So I left the station downhearted but determined. Before returning the next year, I got my MR, which is medium rigid, truck license. And that's all I was allowed to do while I was on my P plates. And I did a welding night course. Of course, I wasn't allowed anywhere near any of the machinery the next year, including the welding machine. Uh, I sure as hell wasn't allowed to get in a truck, but fair enough. And so the year after that, I took a semester off university and completed a certificate two in agriculture at the Charles Darwin University Catherine Rural Campus, where I learned how to shoe a horse, 
service a motor car and a quad bike, weld, brand, castrate, dehorn cattle, drive machinery, and so much more. I even got my heavy combination license. I felt like I was finally catching up to everyone else. The next time I went to work on a station was when I was fresh out of a five-year agricultural science degree. I was super excited because I'd been tasked with the job of setting up some spreadsheets for records and data collection. In addition to regular station duties, I was going to be able to use my degree too. Yay! This made me feel a little bit better because while I'm half handy on a muster or in the yards, I wasn't so handy with all the other station duties. If you set up the welder and then hand it to me, sure, I can weld okay. But if you ask me to figure out which type of arc rod thing, see, I don't even know its name, to use and how to set the amps, like, ugh, no thanks. And unless you want really big and slow circles, do not bother putting me on a motorbike. However, I ended up leaving the station before the season was over for a couple of different reasons. One was that I'd been offered an incredible opportunity elsewhere in the agricultural industry, and the other was that my feelings of inadequacy in the crew were suffocating me. It wasn't a hard choice to make. Upon leaving, I was told by the manager that I was the weakest link in the team. In amongst being absolutely mortified, with time I kind of became angry. Yes, I was the weakest link when it came to servicing vehicles and riding motorbikes and all other you know, sorts of station jobs. But I was the only one who was expected to do any of the data analysis and have those academic type skills. While everyone else was only expected to be good at those labor type station jobs, I felt I had to be equally good at two very different skill sets. It's taken me a long time to acknowledge and accept my strengths and weaknesses. No matter how much time I spend on a station, I'm always going to be stronger at setting up some sort of trial than siding in a new fence or servicing a bore. Or even starting a bore with a crank handle, which I can do, but I look ridiculous doing and I have video on my phone to prove it. (laughs) Even more so, I'm going to be more interested in the strategic planning than bashing in fence posts. That's what floats my boat, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Although, in saying that, I could happily tie wire onto steel posts all day. There's something really satisfying about that. (laughs) And yet, even though I can say this now, I know it'll only be a matter of time before I slip back into the comparison cycle. I wrote this article 10 years since I'd first stepped foot on the station, and now it's been 12 years. I am a lot more handy now than I was back then but I'm nowhere near as handy as I would be if I'd spent the entire past decade on stations. But that is a direct consequence of my choices, and I accept that. Instead of staying on stations, I got two degrees, moved overseas twice, taught myself how to design websites and photograph at a professional level, among a myriad of other things, like, I don't know, starting a podcast. I've gone back and forth between working on the land to office jobs, And in my final year of living overseas, I went from doing marketing for a cattle ranch to being a ranch hand where I basically lived on a horse and then back to an office job working for an agricultural communications agency. Throughout university, I worked in retail and hospitality, so I know my way around a coffee machine and hell, I'm a qualified bra fitter. Yeah, that is a thing. I've had so many different experiences and as a result, I've developed a wide range of skills. 
I'm still waiting for the right time to use what I learned in my family and marriage therapy class. I feel like it'll come in handy during a yard up. I know I have so many things to be proud of, yet I still feel about this big. Now just visualize something really small. When there's some sort of practical skill I can't do, especially basic things like figuring out what kind of knot to use when tying stuff on a trailer. I swear to God, if I don't use a ratchet strap for six months, then I have to figure out how to thread it all over again and speak at the devil. Less than a week ago, I was out at Mandora station and Davo (laughs) was putting a ratchet strap on the truck. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna just let you do this because just no. And that's one of the most basic skills ever, guys, but it is what it is. My first job since returning back to Australia back in 2018 was working for a helicopter company that does mostly mustering, but some mining jobs. So most of the pilots are also stockmen and bloody handy blokes. While most of the time I was able to embrace being a newbie to the world of aviation and I learned so much, there were times where I felt so stupid. I didn't beat myself up too much when they tried to explain helicopter stuff to me and my eyes glazed over. Did you know that helicopters have um, clutches, but it's not like in a car because there's no gears to change? I think. I don't know. It was more the times like when I needed someone to reverse the ute and trailer down a long and skinny driveway. Yeah, Briggsy, I'm looking at you. Or when a smoke alarm needed to be put on the wall and I was standing there with a drill trying to figure out the best way to do it. Uh, AKA if I should drill into an existing small hole or make a new one. Luckily, someone took over. Looking back, when I was younger and I felt inadequate, my internal dialogue would eventually focus on what I had that other people didn't. I'd focus on my strengths and their weaknesses, such as, well, Maybe I can't fly a helicopter, but but he can't edit a picture in Photoshop, so whatever, I don't care. And as I read this, I'm having an epiphany that this was a defense mechanism. The thing is, that sort of behavior didn't serve me or anyone else. Feeling like you are not enough and you are not worthy is something I know we all go through from time to time, if not more regularly. We all have different skills and we're all bringing different experiences to the table. It's not a competition. We need to embrace our differences rather than treat them like flaws. Who you are as a person and what you have to offer in any situation is not better than anyone else, but it's also not less. It's simply different. I think that in an industry that requires people to hold such a diverse range of skills, mechanics, veterinary care, land management, infrastructure design and maintenance, people management, business management. I mean, the list goes on. No one is going to be amazing at everything. And if you let yourself get caught up on what you can't do or what your weak areas are, you're going to miss out on so many experiences. It's okay to continue to develop new skills, but make sure you're giving yourself due credit for what you've already got to offer. And um, this is one of my favorite quotes. A flower does not compare itself to the next flower. It just blooms. And here's a little PS. So I wrote this article back in 2018. And uh, when I wrote it, this was the bit I put on the end. I recently headed out to Ugola Station to help out in the office. 
While I've never done accounting or used the MyOps software before, I managed to pick it up within a few days. However, Ukawala is about three hours off the bitumen, and even though I had the most (laughs) detailed mud map I've ever seen, on my way in, I took a wrong turn and ended up on a bore run. I'd almost convinced Jane that her map was terribly outdated until the Telstra blokes turned up the next morning using the exact same map without getting lost. So, you see, we can't all be good at everything. 